Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson. Hey, got my own intro. Got it like that. Nice. Those of you uh, <laughs> expecting John Davis, sorry about that. Not this time around. He's, He's had uh, enough of us. That's, over that's in Europe for a little uh, pre-Paris Auto Show uh, scouting, hmm. as they say. Uh, helping me get through this uh, podcast, number 190 today is Road Test producer Ben Davis. Brian Robinson, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Former Road Test uh, producer, current online content coordinator, Greg Carlos. That's me. Over the Edge reporter, Zach Maskell, adjusting Hello. his seat. Thank you. To give you uh, the proper information. Felt a little too high there. And video <laughs> producer slash editor slash uh, Pennsylvania's finest, Joe Ligo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you could be here, Joe. Uh, so we'll do our normal uh, lightning round, viewer questions, rant, rave, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, first, let's jump right in with the cars we've been testing lately. Porsche 911. GT2 RS. The grand finale first. What uh, yeah. what makes it so special? Well, it is rear-wheel drive, but it has the engine out of the Porsche 911 Turbo S. So, And it's like even more power than the Turbo S, I believe. It has it's had 700 horsepower from, power. A, from a flat six, which is just madness. And you it's know super what? rigid and... Oh, super light. That's the crazy. Looking. It's the first variation of any nine, of a nine eleven that I've got into, and said this thing is a handful. Because normally you can get into a nine eleven, even like a GT three, and you're like, ah, I could probably drive this on a daily basis. I don't think I could with the this. This is not that car. That I even feel insane. the same way. <laughs> this yeah. car will kill you. Not to mention, I drove it in the rain, and that was I was fearing for my life. No exaggeration. <laughs> this car will kill you. Yeah. What's so deadly about it? I mean, as soon as you turn in the, the wheel. In the best way possible, though. Yeah. Yes. As soon as you turn yes. the wheel, it is there. I mean. Kill you with its awesomeness. I always think, you know, when I drive these cars, like, would I let a friend of mine drive this? And normally the answer is yes. With this car, just absolutely not. It's exactly what you want. It is, like, one of the ultimate driver's cars. So instead of, like, a built-up 911, it's more like a street version of the 911 race car, cup car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's an accurate description of it. Uh, tons of aero treatment all over. Big wing on the back. There's those uh, uh, vents over each front fender. Um, it actually has a really nice looking. St- if you if you were to take away some of the aero treatment, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I understand why it's there. If you were to take away some of that and the way that thing is stanced, and just specifically the wheel gap in the rear is just. Drop dead gorgeous, man. I mean, that car has some beautiful lines in the way it sits. So, I, I mean, I know I'm probably in the minority, but if I had the money to buy this, I would probably, like, lose the wing <laughs> and try to make it as sleeperish as possible. Uh, not me. So, at 300 grand, um, is that's it, a boatload of cash. That is a lot of money. PDK only. Um, I thought it. Complaining people. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, it's. Weighs fifteen hundred pounds less than like a uh, Dodge Demon, but uh, you know similar uh, horsepower. But 
I th- for three hundred thousand, then you could pay like another fifty grand, I think it is, or close to it for the Y-Sock package. Which, yeah, which yeah, is which what is, we had, right? It just shaves like another which, twenty. Which pounds is traditional, that. like Porsche, right? You pay extra money and get less. Like it deletes the radio and deletes other stuff to you know. Well, you no. don't get like interior door handles or something, right? They were we had the package like, and we still had the radio. That's just oh, yeah. a separate option. More oh, carbon right. fiber and other weight taken out. But you're right about the pull straps on the doors. Yeah, they do sell you a watch and then charge it for the second hand if you want that <laughs> for the minute yeah. hand. But I looking at the looking at the track footage, I put the road test together, which you can watch on Motor Week or on YouTube when it goes up. Oh man, what a crazy car! Uh, we had it at Summit Point, just watching it go around. The noise, the look, and I mean, there are a few times where things get a little bit gnarly. It's not. And, you know, the car was clearly a handful. Uh, Dave Scrivener, who drove, did most of the track That's footage. That's why, right there. Well, well, yeah, but, I mean, even he said, he told me that it was the best track car he has ever driven. I said, seriously? Of all that he said, he's like, well, maybe, like, the Ferrari Enzo was a close second. But he claimed to me, I swear, he told me this yesterday, it was the best track car he ever drove. Yeah, people, yeah. Go ahead, man. People ask me all the time, the, the number one question you guys get is what? What's your favorite car? Yeah. How'd you get that job, man? Well, that's, that, number, that's two. number two. Well, the first car park that Why do you look the, best the way thing? you do? <laughs> the best thing you've ever driven. I mean, this car is definitely definitely up there. Um, just so, I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah. And, well, somebody say something negative about it, though. I feel like we've just been loving it. Well, it was the record holder at Nürburgring, but only for a month till the Lambo beat it. So True. That's that kinda, Lambo had a cage kinda, in it. Yeah. So... You think that takes away from its Can't cred? Can't you get a cage in the GT2? You can, yeah, but I'm not sure that that one had a cage in it. Now, the, the only complaint I can Ooh. think of that I've heard from the other staffers I've talked to, and I don't know what you guys think about it, when we drove the GT3 at Roebling, which is naturally aspirated, there's kind of this, do you really need the extra power that comes with a GT2? Like, is the 3 good enough that you don't need the 700 horses of the GT2? What do you guys think? Well, it's always good enough, but that's not the point of buying a track car or, you know, or the best Porsche faster. Yeah. All right. I think we uh, covered that well enough, unless anyone has anything to add. Cadillac time. All right. (laughs) Tell us what we got coming up, Robinson, then I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Now for our next vehicle, let's learn about a Cadillac, specifically an XT4 from Ben Davis. Take it, Ben. Yeah, fresh back from Seattle on that trip. It's Cadillac's uh, all-new compact luxury crossover. It's their first ever. And um, some may say it's a little uh, late, but it's here, and it's pretty nice. I mean, it rides on an all-new Cadillac-only architecture for now only. I'm sure it'll trickle down through GM as time goes by. And um, even though it's a 2-liter turbo, it's not the same 2-liter turbo. It's all-new. And um, it provides a pretty stout. Uh, the horsepower isn't. The numbers aren't great on paper. You got two thirty-seven, two fifty-eight. That's legit. It's legit for a four, but yeah, I've seen more legit. Anyway, it translates into a beautiful everyday driver, though. I mean, the torque is right there at fifteen hundred RPMs to four thousand RPMs, and the nine-speed is dialed in. So there's just a tremendous amount of torque and power. Transmission all the time. finally is. Well behaved. Yeah, it upshifts clean and it downshifts clean, and it doesn't hunt at all. And there's plenty of torque there. Um, it's a big car too, despite being quasi small. You don't have a whole lot of room for uh, luggage in the back, but uh, as far as passengers go, front and back, plenty of room there, even for big ones. 
So I have the Q interface. Q's been changed up a little bit. They mm-hmm. still call it Q, but now you have a rotary controller and a volume knob and a lot of your uh, quick go-to climate buttons and heated seat buttons. They all have buttons now instead of just going through the Q. So, and they're redundant. You can still control them through Q, but it's, it's it definitely like an improvement. Rotary knobs are the way to go. Yeah, so I, people are starting to not like touchscreens. I will like say though, thing. we got I got back into an RDX, and I did try that pad out again. Mm-hmm. And to clear the record up, it's not as bad as I originally thought it was. Once you learn how to use it, it's all that stuff definitely a learning curve. But yeah. who's going to really feel comfortable with it on a test drive? You know what I mean? That's no, yeah, the, right. that's that's what it's all about. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So as far as look, is it like more traditional caddy look or is it – are they trying something new? It's or? got some um, – as from the profile, it's kind of vanilla. But from the front and back, it really excels. The front's got um, – it's got the standard uh, Cadillac uh, family headlight, the really long um, vertical light. Um, it's got kind of like a stamped-in cow look hood to it that looks pretty aggressive, I thought, from hmm. the front. And you got your um, – it looks a lot like an XT5 up front. In the back, um, same long vertical taillights. They said that they were inspired by or transplanted from the uh, CTSV wagon. They took a lot of uh, inspiration in those taillights and kind of they tried to make them look like that. Speaking of which, I think they can make a pretty awesome XT4V version. <laughs> ah, that would be cool. I mean, if they, I assume they didn't talk about that, and they rarely do unless no. it's happening, but... At least maybe a V Sport option. Say, does the, yeah, does that the would XT, be cool. what is it, the XT5? That's the next that's one up. Yeah. Does it have a V Sport or a V version? Yeah, I'm aware of. I was going to say, well, that, that's uh, John yes. John Davis's big thing is he's predicting there's going to be sport versions of well, every SUV out there. If they're going to so. compete with BMW and Mercedes, they kind of have to, right? Because that's what everybody does. Everybody's buying the, the package stuff for BMW. It's an yeah. easy way for them just to make more money. You know? The highest they're going that they're telling us now is sport and with that, you can get an optional uh, adaptive suspension. That's good. about it. Now, GM's version is good. One thing you talked about in the first look video you did was the cam. Watch the first look. Stuff is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch yeah, my first look. Go watch the first look. Yeah, they're calling it the Tri-Power. Uh, Tri-Power. That's Tri-power. cool. Which yeah. is, that was a carburetor thing from yeah, like, like, yeah, way nobody back seemed to At least it's catch, the, GM, though, right? catch the hint. Uh, during the press briefing, nobody, That's nobody retro, questioned retro. Him about Most it. Most people yeah. there wouldn't even know. Yeah. Probably never heard of it before. I didn't. Before. I had never got a chance to ask somebody if it was intentional, but I have to think it is. Yeah, right? for sure. So, but what does that do? Because I, I know you explained that, but to the uninitiated, how, what's so special about that? It's. Um, I guess it's a version of valve timing. Somebody school me better on that. Essentially, it's it's a cam lobe. It's got like. A, and we'll show the graphic. Insert graphic place. here. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but it's sli- it has uh, three different stages of lobes on it, and it slides across the shaft. And uh, if you're dialing maximum torque, it'll just align the highest lobe that it has there, so that you get that torque. Um, but when you're not using it, it'll go into a f- pretty much a flat plane and fuel economy, your, your highest economy. Yeah. But it all works. So I mean, GM. If you fault, you can fault them on a lot of things. You know, you can fault them yeah. on designs and, <laughs> and tolerances and do. gaps in here. But they, one thing you can't fault them on is powertrains, man. That's they, they really nail it there. And they're getting crazy. 
Ingenuity. Yeah. So not only they have that with Cadillac, but then the uh, dynamic fuel management with their Chevy, the Silverado. Right, right. I mean, these engines are so advanced now. I, it's I cr- hope that they hold up. I and mean, they, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see the message boards blowing yeah, up. Yeah. Well, they said they tested it like a hundred and like a million and a half cycles they tested it before they brought it to market and they did do magnetic ride first right sure now everybody's using some form of it yeah even the Mm -hmm. ferrari well i think we've reached the limit of our technical knowledge there so we better move on before we uh, start surpassing the the show (laughs) (laughs) i think we've already passed that point (laughs) and now for a vehicle that requires no technical knowledge how about the super forester the Subaru Forester. People sure do like Subarus, don't they? They, they sent you down into, like, hurricane country to drive this. Well, you know, not intentionally. That was uh, unfortunate. I was in Asheville, North Carolina for this one. Just happened to uh, avoid the hurricane. So while Maryland was getting hit with the residual, I was actually okay in North Carolina. So if you look at the new Forester, you're not going to notice a huge change. And I don't think Subaru intends to really mess with a good formula um similar looking on the outside uh they've taken away turbo power uh which a lot of people will freak out about and have freaked out about but i don't see the point in freaking out uh because this forester let's be honest for what it is it's not a performance suv and as much they have made it that way in the past but at this point people just want something that's efficient they want to haul people around they want to haul stuff so the uh, 2.5 liter is updated 182 horsepower which is is more than the previous it still has a cvt an updated one and it works fine i mean cvts now are are good are they what we prefer no do they deliver power smoothly yes most people aren't going to care that there's a cvt in here the good news is is it's 33 miles per gallon oh hey now that's never happened sorry oh my god i've i've completely lost my Uh, thought (laughs) we must start over fan mail um sorry it's my agent (laughs) it's probably gm calling (laughs) about you described that camshaft entirely wrong (laughs) we didn't know uh the tri-power meant Carburetor. Anyway, bring back, to the the Forester, <laughs> back to the Forester, if I can remember. Yeah. Um, CVT trans. <laughs> CVT transmission. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, 33 miles per gallon on the highway. Uh, and we're talking about a full-time or a, um, a standard all-wheel drive vehicle. And that's actually 33 miles per gallon highway is better than quite a few front-wheel drive vehicles in its segment. Uh, so that's a big deal. New global architecture uh, riding on the same one as I'm Impressive. Crosstrek 2 now, right? Yep. yep. Um, and believe it or not, the ascent as well. Yeah, and it feels really refined. It's smooth. It's comfortable. The seats are more comfortable inside. It feels like it's more sophisticated of a vehicle than its price would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. There's a lot of tech inside. You get eyesight, safety features, standard. So that's blind spot monitoring, forward collision warning. Um, there's also now you can get facial recognition as part of their driver attention Uh, system which if you're looking down too long it'll beep at you if you're looking away from the road it'll just let you know hey stop doing whatever you're doing and pay attention to driving (laughs) but the cool thing so we've seen facial recognition in cadillac or um yeah cadillac with super cruise but this is also tied into a convenient feature uh so the driver memory when you know you can push a button 
It'll set your seat to where you like it. It'll set your mirrors. This will actually recognize your face. Wow. So instead of, having, instead of having to push a button or go through a screen menu, if you, it'll save up to five people, I think, and it'll actually wow. recognize who you are and set where, where your seats are. And they, yeah. they, were, they were super careful to say, we do not log any data. It doesn't yeah, right, remember whatever. anything. <laughs> yeah. so, you have yeah, to, you have to sign so it. We are supposed to just believe them at this. I Neither does Snapchat. I'm not going to go in and realize this. What's wrong, Hal? Yeah. So what, <laughs> what you, you have doing, to like, sign a privacy policy before you can you know, yeah, drive the car? Who knows? But they claim it doesn't... Um, now, could that be used for parental controls? You remember when Ford or Chevy had the my key they thing? They still do, yeah. Or you could like limit teenagers to a certain speed or certain volume. I don't see volume. why they couldn't. It's just a few extra lines of code, I'm sure. I mean, if it's right. already recognizing your face for one thing, it can do it for another. Don't let this Crazy. this driver go over 65. But well, what about that unfortunate night that you're heading to a Halloween bash, though, and you, and you got have some your prosthetics Batman. on or something? You, you could probably still set on. that day. You're going to have to. For some of us, manually. it's just every other week. And it's probably in the same position. So you guys are going to you're gonna be the only one gonna have to find a way around that. You just get alerts on your phone constantly. It's like, Batman, I've stolen your car. Just Batman suck it up and move your mirrors and seat on your own. Or use the last memory spot to save Batman what if, what as if, one of the options. What if uh, Zach Subaru thinks he's Paul Walker's ghost or something? <laughs> Too soon, dude. Wow. But anyway, so back, you got wrap, started it up, with wrap it up. Wrap it up. I know what to say. Back on track. Wrap it up, man. New Forester is every bit as good as the old one, better in a lot of different areas, actually all around better, nicer inside, uh, cleaner looking outside. They did add auto stop start. Personally, I thought it was a little rough, and this is, I think, their first non-hybrid car to have auto stop start, so... I thought it was a little bit rough, but again, it's just something that we deal with now. Cars have auto stops. Is it easy to turn it off? Yeah, it's just a button. Speaking of buttons, you know how many <laughs> buttons and switches and paddles are on the steering wheel in a premium Forester? Way too many. Forester? A lot. I think it was 20, 19 or 20. Wow. Between the paddles, all the selectors on the front, there's uh, the buttons just below the steering wheel to, to the left. Mess there. With, yeah. yeah. They're everywhere. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. What do you want them to do? I want them to recognize my face <laughs> and see and, and understand my my thoughts and know exactly. And make those switches and, disappear. Yeah. So I want to think that I want the volume set at seven, and I wanted to do that. Uh, it'll be you frown and the wipers turn on. Exactly. <laughs> right on. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> also, no manual transmission anymore for the twelve no customers. No, you're right. I forgot that. that. But come on, people. Yeah. Are you really surprised? I'm sure the seventeen people that. Uh, got a standard base Forester <laughs> will be upset. I think you said you could feel this one shift a little bit more, though, right? Yeah, I, I think they programmed the CVT to step. That's what they call it. That's what everybody calls it, stepping. So there's no gear change, but it simulates a gear change. Because I think for the sole purpose of fooling people into thinking that it's an yeah, automatic. Something's right? actually happening, yeah. Yeah, so other than that, I don't think there's any real technical advantage to it, unless mm. anybody here knows. Yeah, this has been one technical podcast for sure. We'll have to uh, move on from that. Don't fact check us, please. (laughs) Or do. That's fine either way. All right, moving on to our lightning round. Each uh, panelist will get 30 seconds to weigh in on a trending automotive topic or just this question. Volkswagen recently announced it's stopping Beetle production in 2019. What are everyone's thoughts on the par- the departure of this automotive icon? Sad. 
Wait, wait your turn. Hashtag. All right. Zach. Officially, it's Zach's going first. Okay, Start Zach, the timer. You're on the clock. All right. Uh, my buddy had one. It was like an 87, and uh, he had his license before a. All of us in the, in the neighborhood. You're like a gray market. Early, oh, wait, wait, wait. 97, maybe. 97. I say 87? Uh-huh. I think it was 97. And uh, he was like, you know, no way anybody's going to be able to uh, be able to drive this thing. And uh, wait, what years did they, were wait. they offered? <laughs> Your time's up, fool. Are you talking about the new Beetle? <laughs> the new right. Beetle What's came What are we no, talking about? Talking moving about, on, moving on, Ben. I think they Your started turn. in 96, 7, or 8. Something new, like, something Your turn, like your turn, Ben. Yeah. I, I, for one, will be sad. I've owned a couple of Beetles throughout my life. Time. I thought we were going to talk about all Beetles, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you're wasting Ben's time. Sorry, do, we, do we need to add an asterisk to this? So, see in the old name. Beetle production went Just a, at least timer. in foreign Six. countries continued until Sorry, 2003. Folks. New Beetle production and sales in the U.S. started in '96-'97. Sorry, All right. it's sad to see such an iconic nameplate uh, disappear. And I even enjoyed driving the convertible that we had recently, but. I would have liked to seen some more evolution throughout this new uh, iteration. So it's not. You know, it, it's, it's easy to see that that's the choice they're making. I wish they would go out with a big bang, though, before they did and make, like, a really aggressive bar model or, or a Baja yeah. bar, exactly. Or More some than kind the of dude, track bar model. In the rear. Air yeah, cooled. Right big there. Audi transplants. <laughs> like it belongs. Uh, who's next? Greg? Uh, I'll give you my hot cake. Hot cake. <laughs> hot cakes. Sweet. Hot cakes on my hot take. Uh, I really don't care. Uh, personally, I don't have any, and this is me, my opinion. I don't have any real love for the Beetle. I never really liked it. Uh, I can see why people like it. So if, you, if you're sad that it's going away, I feel sorry for you. But personally, I don't care. And, you know, it's yeah. sad when a nameplate doesn't have enough sales to make it keep going. But Were you comfortable with the amount of buttons on the wheel? They That's had, the they had just the right amount of buttons uh, on the wheel. Well, then you should be recall. sad it's going away. Amen. All right. Sorry. That's how I feel. I'm, right. I'm going to side with Ben on this one in that the, the new Beetle was cool for the time. The, you know, made a big splash, but they didn't really do much to update it, so it's not really mystery why it's going away. Uh, I don't know if they expected it to have the impact that the original VW Beetle did. I don't think any car could ever do that again. So it's not really a surprise. I do wish they would have put a little more effort into modernizing it and, you know, giving it a reason to stick around. But, I mean, people don't buy two-door small cars anymore. So it's not a surprise. But we, I will miss it, seeing it on the road. Uh, I don't have anything major to add. Probably won't take a full 30 seconds. I'll just say oh, we've been down this road before. They said that it was going away before, and it didn't. And I'm 90% sure they got that whole – Full EV range coming. Uh, I'm almost sure there'll be an EV Beetle at some point. So. True. Super Beetle. If, you're, if you are super that's sad. That's why I don't care. Uh, that's why. Back. You're right. Yeah. That's, only, that's my uh, hotcakes worth <laughs> right there. That was 25 seconds. So you came right. close to taking the full thing. All right, sweet. Uh, hmm. Now, moving on to a viewer question from Andy. Why is there such a wide range of horsepower between two-liter turbo engines from various manufacturers, some 2-liter turbos have less than 200, some have mid-200s, and the Mercedes CLA AMG has up to 376 horses. How can the same displacement and layout create such a wide range of outputs in so many different cars? Science. No. That is Thank you, Bill Nye. Question. Basically, uh, well, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with 
between computer flashes and then adding things like I don't know size of your turbo. Yeah, and then up to up to, um, upgrading compression and then how many pounds that? you're running? Yeah, different. Um, because even if they have the same displacement, I mean, stroke and bore can be totally different from one manufacturer to the other to make the engine more suited for more, one thing or more something durable else. hardware inside the engine. The yeah, yeah and, and you know, a lot of and manufacturers are going to tune that engine to how much their trans can take. You know what I mean? So it doesn't become a question of just just the motor. You got to play all the parts in in the scenario and what it's destined what its to do. Is, is it for yeah. fuel economy or is it for performance? So, and in the, what is the reason why so many stick with that number of two liters? Is that like a government thing that, you know, in Europe there's taxes on displacement? Everything's two, four, and six, or two, four, and two liters, four liters, and six liters. Yeah. That's why everything, all the turbo sixes are four liters, and all the turbo fours are two liters. Yeah, that's where higher taxes kick in. And that's why all the two liters are 1.999 cubic inches or whatever cubic mm-hmm. centimeters just to stay under the two liters before the uh, initial taxes so it's mostly just a computer thing that determines their you know a tune the tune for the engine well, or whatever. i mean for- you can build an engine to do anything you want you like greg said you can go for fuel economy you can go for horsepower and then you know the the sky's the limit when you start talking how much boost you're going to put in with turbos so i mean the gt2 was boosted like crazy i grant it that had a two-liter Not a two-liter, but, you know, <laughs> there's tons of things that you can do. It just all depends on the company's goals, really. True story. There you go, Andy. Hope that helps. Now, uh, does anyone have a rant or a rave? People who Joe. blow... Gl- this better be a good one, Joe. People Buckle who up. blow grass on the roadway when they're mowing their lawn. Yeah. Oh, good one. I mean, I know it's the end of summer and there's not much of that left, but that... I saw state highway well, people doing it yesterday with a zero It's turn. worse when there's people driving because then you've, you know, I've heard sticks and stones and stuff hit people's cars. Break bones. And, uh, it's true. Words will never hurt me. Yeah. So, break and, windshields. And I'm not a motorcyclist, but I've heard it's even worse for motorcycles. That grass can cause you to, like, lose control. Yeah. Is that... Real or is that Not just like? Brian I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you like panic and just lock lock the brakes up or something, but it's just grass. Robinson never panics. <laughs> I was panicking a minute ago when things started to go awry on this podcast, but other than that, is that a well, I don't have a problem with them doing it while I'm not there, but I guess you can never be sure that somebody's not coming around the corner. But as long as they at least get it back out of the road, I'll, I would give them a pass, right? It is disrespectful to. Nah, to Put your crap all over yeah, the road, though, right? You're supposed to do, right? like, three or four swipes blowing in before you start <laughs> blowing towards the road, right? Yeah. Or if you do it, then blow it off. Don't just leave it there. That's what I'm saying. As long as I get it off the road, I have no problem with it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm surprised you guys didn't uh, rant as much as I did on that. I don't know. That that bugs me. But hmm. well, We haven't, I mean, I haven't been doing much driving this summer considering it's rained just about every day. Yeah. you got to mow your grass whenever you can and mm. blow the grass wherever you can. They're the two shallow... <laughs> All right. That's all I got. That's all I got, Joe. Appreciate easy it. One. Hopefully you guys uh, take care of your grass clippings out there. Keep everyone safe. Uh, be sure to tune in to uh, the show every week and all of our Internet's locations. Thanks to Jim Bigwood, podcast creator Bob Mixter, and, of course, producer Joe Ligo for his excellent uh, rant. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, see you next time. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week television's original automotive magazine. 
Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station. 